welcome to the Butts in the Seats podcast, episode three, with uh, WCW NWO Revenge uh, intro music again, probably, because I still, I'm not set on that being the theme. We need to get a theme. Yeah, we need someone who knows music, we need to pay them. Yeah. 50 bucks, I know that's not enough. So we we'll got. figure it out. Um, yeah, I'm your host, Nick. Alongside me is Emily. Hello. We're doing a different setup. We're on the couches today. And we're much more casual. A little bit. We're, we're seeing how... <laughs> we're trying to test some audio stuff, seeing how it all kind of plays out. We're further away from the fridge, so hopefully we won't hear that kick in at a really a random point. There's no logic of when that kicks in. Not really. No. So, Emily, how was your second venture into WCW Nitro? Listen, I'm not saying that I don't enjoy what we're doing here because i do have fun recording these podcasts but getting through those episodes in nitro is just a slug and a half i didn't think this one was as bad the first episode we watched was harder than the second yeah we were gonna watch both parts and i think you just kind of decided that no i'm sleepy i'm done both parts we watched two episodes well i'm saying we watched one episode one night and another episode another night because i wanted to watch both Oh, in that same night. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. And you're like, no, I'm done. I think I was like, I am done too. So. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot of content. And we'll see what it takes out of us. Yeah. It's just, it's a lot of content and it's not exciting content. And it was getting late and I was drinking and I was sleepy and I was a little sad. I was having a rough week. So I wanted to go to sleep. <laughs> so in the interest of the ongoing uh, Q&A of us... And considering we just watched the Sasha Banks Hot Ones from a couple years ago, so there's, it's not really a, it, we're not really dating this episode with that. No. Um, any favorite female wrestlers? Because we only talked about men last time. I love Sasha Banks so much. I want to be Sasha Banks when I grow up. I love Becky Lynch. I'm sure I'm going to like, you're going to tell me a woman wrestler that I love and I'm going to be upset that I forgot about them. I love women's wrestling. I think women's wrestling for me is a lot more entertaining because I'm learning through watching this that I find the more fast paced matches and the more flippy matches a lot more entertaining than the long drawn out big man on big man matches. And that's why I like the cruiserweights. That's why I like the women's matches because, well, current day, because they are a little lighter and they're more flippy and they're more willing to do like, I don't know, fun stuff. (laughs) It's not just get me into a corner and beat the shit out of me. Yeah, they definitely go to the corner less, but I don't know how flippy I would kind of call anybody. Like now that I think about it, yeah, there's not like there's a cruiserweight of the women's division. No, but I just mean they're not afraid to get on the ropes and sort of jump, and that is not something that happens in like like the match we watched in the first episode, the Bret Hart and um, Conan match. Like nobody was on the ropes. Like it was. You know. No, Brett went up to the second rope. Did he? It's Brett's rope. The most dangerous rope. We'll get to my thoughts on that match later, but I just don't like the corner, you know, beatdowns. I don't know what else to call them. Any, anybody a little underrated that isn't, you know, Sasha Banks or Becky? That seems like a little bit of an obvious pick. Well, I don't know if I love them for their wrestling ability, but I love the Iconics. <laughs> just they are of that. fantastic backstage. <laughs> Because I just, I love their personality and their their backstage segments are so fun. I watched Total Divas, so that's kind of where my knowledge 
begins and ends, unfortunately. What about Total Bellas? I don't watch Total Bellas. I don't like the Bellas. I didn't like them when they were on Total Divas. I didn't really like them when they were wrestling. I don't get the hype around the fucking Bellas. So some of my personal favorite female wrestlers. That's a lot of Fs. Some of my personal favorite female. Yeah. Favorite, favorite female is hard to say. Yeah. I better be your favorite female. Hey. Top five. Get fucked. Yeah, it's unfortunate because there hasn't been a great history of women's wrestling up until the past couple of years. So yeah. kind of anyone you're going to pick is going to be a little bit of like an obvious choice where I'm like, oh, like Trish and Lita. Like it, it, it's been interesting watching SmackDown 2002 and watching Trish gradually get yeah. better. Like that has been an interesting journey. Uh, I liked true. Ivory a lot. I know. I think you weren't as sold as I was, but. As a wrestler, she's great, but just, like, as a persona, I don't love... I don't really love Ivory. I mean, her persona is, I want to wrestle. I don't want to do bra and panties matches. No, because then she what went... A, what a heel. Yeah. She went with the... Um, the right to censor. The right to censor, and that's when I was like, I don't really I mean, that like makes Ivory. sense for her character, though. It does, absolutely does, but she just... She got to the point where it wasn't like, I'm going to be a good technical wrestler. It got to the, like, I'm going to do the wide-eyed, like, crazy woman wrestler yeah but how many how many women in wrestling can you say oh that makes sense for her character fair like unfortunately that's kind of rare that is rare even now a lot of it is i'm a wrestler and it's you know spins off of that like in current day yeah yeah i'm having a hard time going like i like beth phoenix like her running the um real rumble was really cool yeah beth is good um i'm actually thinking now has there, there are no women's matches in WCW at this point. There's we haven't a, seen a there, single women's match. There is not a women's title. Ever? I'm trying to think because the one time they really kind of tried to do a women's division, um, Alundra Blaze, who was a wrestler in WWE. Yeah, that name sounds familiar. Came over with the women's title. And um, they then called her uh, Medusa, which was not meant to be you know, a, a goddess thing. It was meant to be made in the USA. I hate that. I really hate that. So she came over with the WWF women's title and Eric Bischoff had her throw it in the trash can on her first night. I'm which, not a fan of Eric Bischoff. Yeah, which, say what you will, but WWF also let her contract expire without taking the title off of her, which kind of says what they thought about their women's division. Well, yeah, but at least I will give, uh, I hate to say I'm going to give props to WWE, but they at least had the illusion of a women's division. In WCW, it's just the Nitro Girls is our only female presence. Yeah, but again, at this time, the WWE women's division is bras and panties matches for for the title. Plus China. I'm trying to think. China, yeah, I think China has kind of just started wrestling at this time in WWF. She was just a bodyguard for DX for a good amount of time. But I know um, the in the upcoming January, she's the first woman to enter the Royal Rumble. So The male, well, I was going to say the male Royal Rumble. That was the only Royal Rumble yeah. there was. So I don't think they ever did a women's title. Uh, I know she wrestled for the Cruiserweight title a couple times. But, hmm. but even like... ECW, which is kind of their company, like they have nothing. They just have like if they have two women fighting, it is a cat fight. Ugh. So it's it's not a great time to be a woman in wrestling if you want to wrestle. 
Yeah, which is unfortunate. Anyway, let's talk about WCW. <laughs> if yeah, we must. Solid uh solid stalling tactic through like <laughs> we don't want to talk about the build to World War Three. You know who else doesn't want to talk about the build to World War Three? Anybody. Anybody in the company. <laughs> they have video packages hyping just generically hyping wrestlers, and that's kind of it. Yeah, they they really didn't talk too much about World War Three. A few times. Like it came up like twice, three times maybe, in like Segments, I guess. So the November 9th episode starts with the announcement that Hulk Hogan is running for president. Well, it starts with the announcers saying that the president is coming. Yes. So in my head, me being a stupid idiot was like, oh my God, are they going to get Bill Clinton on the show? Like, I, I actually thought for a hot second they might get one of the Clintons. But then I realized that was dumb, so I was like, maybe they'll get a Bill Clinton impersonator or like a cosplayer or somebody in which, a mask. Which WWF did at one point. It was for some pay-per-view. I forget which one it was, but they had somebody do a mm-hmm. impression of him. There was a fun note that they just kind of ignored the entire time, which is interesting because they purposely did this. They had the the character of IRS like with him the entire <laughs> night, which it's a funny gag. That is funny. But yeah, they never mention it. Just like, oh, there he is. And yeah, it, you know, fine impersonator, I guess. But they didn't do much of anything with it. But yeah, I was kind of surprised that you thought it was going to be I thought actually it would be... Bill. Or you, you, you thought it would be Hillary at one point. I did think it would be Hillary at one point. Because I'm a big, stupid idiot. And in my head, oh, WWF got, got Donald Trump on their show. It's not unheard of to get a politician. Donald Trump wasn't a fucking politician. I'm an idiot. Barack Obama actually once appeared on Raw. Did he really? It was a pre-recorded message, but well, he, they he recorded it for WWE. Okay, well that's cool. Yeah, but like, can you imagine the amount of like Secret Service and screenings and lockdowns you'd have to go through for the fucking president to come on to WWE or WCW television? That'd be insane. I'm stupid. I can't believe I even thought that. My brain was not in the correct place when we were watching this. So they have, like, the whole motorcade come in, and they've got the quote-unquote well, secret service. Before that, they there's two, like, two cars that come in simultaneously, and they're like, oh, is this them? No, it's just Kevin Nash and Conan, and then Hall and, and the Giant, and they just kind and of... And they just fight? They kind of fight. But was there a reason? They just, like, both got they're, out of their big just, cars. They're just feuding. And they kind of fight. It's like a... I swear, like, they got out of their car, I looked down to take a note, and I look back up, and they're just beating the shit out of each other. I'm like, what did I miss in the split second? You're giving that a little too much credit, because they kind of, like, bump into each other, and then they're like, okay, well, security's going to hold us back, so we don't need to try to brawl that much. <laughs> yeah, there's really not That was not a lot. Yeah, just there. a weird kind of false start of a start to uh, the episode. But it's okay, because we got the Nitro Girls. Got the Nitro Thank Girls. Thank God. And then a match, which is also a false start, because... The wolf pack just walk down to the ring in the middle of Alex Wright and Barry Horowitz. Yeah. Like, why? Just like, you know, fuck Alex Wright. We don't need him. Let's just interrupt because we're the NWO. We'll interrupt. Remember last episode where you were saying that, tell me Alex Wright belongs in the same category. It's like, he doesn't. This is the evidence. I like Alex Wright. I want him to be better. Better utilized, I guess I should say, but... I like Alex Wright. So the wolf pack in this instance is uh, Kevin Nash, Lex Luger, and Conan. And Kevin Nash cuts a promo calling out the NWO black and white. 
For some reason, he quotes Popeye? Yeah, I'm not really sure why. And he's like, and I can't stand... Can't what stand... I stum- yeah, I forgot the Popeye quote, but it was like a... Oh, you're not going to give me shit for not being allowed to watch Popeye? Oh, I didn't watch Popeye growing up. Are well, you going to yeah. give me shit for that? <laughs> I don't know how much Popeye was on at that time, but yeah, you also have not seen any Popeye. Did you see the Robin Williams movie, Popeye? No, I've not seen that. I, don't, I think I skipped that one, too. Um, Shelley Duvall from The Shining plays... Can you think of her name? Oh, my God. I know this. I know it. Can you get there? Uh, give me a letter. Oh. Olive oil. There you go. There we go. <laughs> Mr. I've watched Popeye. <laughs> <laughs> I watch Popeye versus I'm aware of Popeye. I'm going to give you a Looney Tunes quiz later. No. You're just like, who is this? I don't know. Give me a fucking... Sylvester the Cat? You know him? No. Suffering Succotash? I know Hunting Wabbits. That's Elmer Fudd. I know Elmer Fudd. <laughs> We're going to have a spinoff of Looney Tunes podcast. Oh, God. <laughs> gonna like, it's going to be like how-to wrestling, but just how-to Looney Tunes. <laughs> it's just going to be me going, tell me it's good. Tell me what you liked about it. <laughs> tell me it held up. So, the uh, according to Kevin Nash, or according to one of them, I don't remember, they're just handing the mic in between each other. And I kind of, I don't like anybody in the wolf pack right now i can't keep track of who's in the nwo every episode we've watched so far somebody new pops up wearing an nwo t-shirt and i'm like oh i guess you're here now but who the fuck are it's you different colors though it doesn't it, that totally hasn't different. registered in my brain yet. totally different how do you confuse them also they're not wcw totally different ah so they say that the uh the black and white took out sting macho man and tried to take out lex and i'm like didn't wasn't that just Bret Hart and Bret Hart's not Bret Hart is not in the NWO right? Not really. Like he's <laughs> not he's really. fr- everybody's he's, kind of he's friends with them, but he's not in it. Like he's not coming out wearing the shirt. He doesn't randomly have NWO and then no music randomly play when he's doing things. No, no, no. I'm I'm not even saying that bit. Just, I know just the NWO where they just have that play randomly. When things happen, <laughs> like Eric Bischoff comes out and it's just, he's halfway down the ramp, like cutting a promo that's just NWO. Okay. Well. <laughs> he's already here. We know he's NWO. We got that. Well, relatedly, actually, Bischoff comes out of this, which is probably what I was thinking of. Probably. Because I never thought the small details of WWF that I just have just taken for granted, apparently. Where it's like, hey, if you're going to get interrupted or someone's going to do a run-in. Running sometimes less so, but like music plays. Yes. And music doesn't play when they're halfway down the ramp. It plays before they come out. Yeah. And they come out at that time for the audience to go, oh my God, this person's coming out. That is something that I've noticed a lot in WCW so far is people just appear. Yes. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't even see the audience really looking to the ramp. Like, do they just kind of pop up out from under the ring? They're just kind of there all of a sudden. I Well, I think the audience is just missing it because they're looking at the ring. Yeah. And, and then they're just there. And there's no musical announcement yeah. of this person's about to come out. But before Bischoff comes out, the Wolfpack challenges the NWO, black and white. Nash wants Hall. Lex wants Brett. And once again, Brett, not actually a member. So Bischoff comes out and Nash calls him Estrogen Boy. Estrogen boy. Well, Bischoff claims, don't go anywhere. I got some guys who are willing to fight you. And then we've cut to commercial. And then they go to commercial. When they come back, everyone's gone. 
Once again, classic. Don't know how to end segments. They do have a little mascot though. The wolf pack has a little mascot. <laughs> no, they don't have a mascot. It's a little wolf with the shirt on it. Yeah, it's there cute. is a there is a like it's like a stuffed animal. Yeah, stuffed animal. They they sold at the concession or, you know, concession stands or not concession stands, the souvenir stands. Yeah, a little different. They Merch sold stands. if they sold wolves at the concession stands, there that would be a very different thing. That would be very different. We'd have a whole different thing to talk about. <laughs> but. One of the cameramen just decided to get a shot of that in the corner and then the wolf pack in the background. I don't know why. He's cute. I mean, it was. But Selling merch, I guess. <laughs> Commercializing. I guess. Uh, mess of a segment. Yes. I guess it did set up that they're now going after NWO Black and White. I guess they weren't b- before. I was going to say, weren't they always? I mean, Scott Steiner kind of got a promo going after the wolf pack, but... We'll see if that kind of builds up at all. Starcade's coming up, which, again, is WWE's have... WrestleMania. Yes, that's fair. So we'll see how much they kind of build towards that in the in the incoming weeks. Are they not going to build toward it for the pay-per-view that's in two weeks from this episode? Like... No, I guess because the main thing is World War Three, which, yeah. That, yeah, you but know. there's other stuff. And there actually is a match or, there's a match or two of uh, NWO versus... Or, Black and white versus wolf pack. NWO versus NWO. Figure it out. Yeah. I mean, it is. So next up, we have um, Tony Schiavone interviewing the Disciple. And the Disciple, as previously mentioned, is the former Brutus the Barber beefcake. Because you were very confused at the beefcake chants during Yeah, the audience started chanting beefcake, beefcake. I'm like, hold on. That's not the same person, but apparently it is. So the disciple only really gets out of his mouth that he's his own man. And then all of a sudden, Horace Hogan, Vincent, and Stevie Ray just come out. As if from nowhere. Yeah. They Again. just kind of get in the ring. And we need to issue two corrections during this segment. <laughs> yes. The first of which is that Horace Hogan is indeed shoot-related to Hulk Hogan. Yes. We actually did some research this time and looked at that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I honestly didn't know because the man does nothing else. And I checked also, does not appear on Hogan Knows Best or Brooke Knows Best. That's probably for the best. He probably knows best. Hogan Knows Best? Horace Hogan Knows Best. That That's that's the spinoff I want. <laughs> just him probably in a trailer park. Just hey. I want Horace Hogan in a knockoff of Trailer Park Boys. Oh, that'd be fun. Who else should be in there with him? Um, no one, no one the NWO is that interesting. That might not be a good pick. Well, I mean, everybody who came out in this segment was the fucking NWO B team, so... Yes, which I had to tell you was a real thing. Yeah! Okay, so I made that comment in jest to Nick, and he was like, no, no, no they, that's they, different. They called themselves the B team, which is like, why? That's sad. That just, yeah. like, hurts. Absolutely. So it's... we can just have the Trailer Park Boys knockoff be, you the know... The NWO B team. The NWO B team. <laughs> The forgotten NWO. So, I wrote that I was hoping to get some Ultimate Warrior closure. <laughs> and... Nick was wrong. Well, in a way we did. Because Horace cuts a promo and he has... He has no... No one cares about him. There's no he. And he no, tries to, like... Nothing. He tries to, like, yell at the crowd and they still just... I like, think the crowd they forgot who he was. Because I did. I you had to tell me that so. with Horace. I mean, there's just a, like, Scott Norton comes out either later or the next episode, and, like, it's just generic-looking bald dudes wearing black and white NWO shirts with goatees, and it's like, 
Y'all kind of look the same. There are two types of men in WCW. Large bald men with goatees and large blonde men with long hair. So the B team beats the disciple down and for some reason, I think it's Shivani, calls it a setup. How is that a setup? They came they out. just appeared. I don't know. I don't think Tony Shivani knows what a setup is. Or is Shivani turning heel? Because if you remember... Shivani had the interview with the disciples. So for it to be a setup, Shivani would need to be in on it. Right. That's how a setup works. There needs to be a trap. It's not just I I come up. If I walk over and punch you, that's not a setup. That's just assault. (laughs) The NWO beats him down. And then I got really sad. And I thought about taking down the previous episode to edit Mm. it. Because the Ultimate Warrior comes out. It and brings me so much joy when Nick is wrong in his statement. I was I felt very embarrassed. <laughs> because it's okay. as I knew it, that's the end of the word. It's all anyone ever talks about is there's the promo the next night and then he's gone. I did not realize he randomly makes the save on the disciple. <laughs> and apparently now he's gone. He doesn't say anything, so No, he didn't say a word. I guess he was right about same warrior time, same warrior place, same warrior channel. Okay. So there was a reason that he said all of that. For one more time after that. But he didn't say it again. So. But in terms of closure for the warrior, I don't that know wasn't really. we still didn't get it. That wasn't really closure. That was just. Ooh, he helped the disciple not get beaten up. Yeah. Were he and the t- disciple buddies? I mean, the disciple was the only other member of the one warrior nation. So it wasn't one warrior. It was one. We talked about this. It, it oh, was it was one, one warrior, warrior, but other people. The one warrior and one disciple. Wow thoughts on the segment i had like no thoughts except for how happy i was that you were wrong so (laughs) i really love when you're wrong i love you if the warrior comes out again (laughs) i'm just gonna start taking shots from now on anytime he appears and i have to mention him on the podcast there will be a shot involved (laughs) so next we cut backstage to a bunch of cars like a motorcade arriving Mm mm-hmm and they're arriving, and they're arriving, and they just keep rolling, and I'm just like... It was such a long segment. Like, nothing like, happened. Hey, have you tried giving things a proper start, and then you won't need to cut away in the middle of things? So Ooh. the cameras are trying to capture the president, and Secret secret Service... Quote, unquote. ...keeps being like, you need to back up, back up. And I'm like, all right. Yeah, but they don't ever actually enforce that. They're just like, you need to back up. Yeah, That's it. They don't push him. They're they not don't... actually Secret Service. Oh. Then they cut to the announcers for a while to stall yeah. and being like, later on in the night, we're going to have the president. Also, later on, we're going to have Hulk Hogan. And then immediately out comes Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. As and, the president? Yeah. <laughs> Which I I saw a country mile away. I was kind of surprised you were. I didn't see it. I was like, shame on you. Shut up. <laughs> I had other things on my mind. I was. So do you know why this segment's happening? No. I was actually amazed they admitted the the cause of this as much as they did. Granted, they don't mention it's the fact that Hogan's insecure about this. But it's that literally the week before, because um, this is uh, the Monday after Election Day 1998, which... Was just kind of Senate and Governor and I think some House kind of stuff. Yeah, because they didn't have an actual election in 98. Well, no no presidential election, but there are other things up. Jesse Ventura just became the governor of Minnesota. Jesse Ventura, the pet detective? 
You're just going to leave this whole disappointed silence in. Maybe. <laughs> there will be one. Now, former WWF wrestler and commentator, Jesse the Body Ventura, or as when he started running for politics, it was Jesse the Mind Ventura. Ugh. He has a conspiracy theory show, by the way, in like the late 2000s. It's terrible. We should watch it. Absolutely, we should watch it. Let's go. <laughs> the Illuminati, Scientology. Those oh, are two very different things. Yeah, called out both. Would you like they a both have lizard people. Would you like a fresca? No, it's terrible. <laughs> Give and watch it. Yeah, watch the boys on Amazon Prime, not sponsored. So, God, I wish we were. Mm. Amazon, sponsor us. You won't. <laughs> Amazon, sponsor. <laughs> <coughs> oh, that hurt. <laughs> See, now I have to leave it in. Don't choke on wine. Oh, it hurt. Don't drink wine during a podcast. It's quieter than a cocktail. We had that issue in our pilot. We had cocktails and the ice was <laughs> clinking. But now I'm two and a half glasses deep of wine and my face is a little hot. <laughs> We're good. Let's Sometimes go. you need to get through WCW. Exactly. So Hogan comes out and the flag drops in... <laughs> And just blocks, like, the entire... Everybody who paid good money to be on the hard camera blocks their entire view. It, like, even went on top of one guy and he pulled it back so he yeah. could look under it. It was just sad. I'd be pissed if I was in that, that seating block. I'd be pissed. So, yeah, he does mention Jesse winning, which I was surprised. I thought it would just very much be, I'm running for president, I'm going to ignore him. Because I don't... I can't imagine they've made up, but they are not friends no. right now. So, so actually, somewhat timely, because Zelina Vega has been recently fired from WWE, and it's questionable when she knew, but on her way out, at least, she tweeted, I support unionization. Mm, Do you yes. know the last, maybe not the last time, but one of the biggest times the rest of us tried to unionize was Jesse Ventura. What did Jesse Ventura have to do with it? Or is he, he just like the head? He was part of the company and was saying, we should unionize. You should. I mean, yeah. And somebody went to Vince McMahon and said, they're trying to unionize, brother. Ah. Who do you think that was? Who do you think fucking ratted out the boys? The brother kind of gave it away. So uh, (laughs) I'm going to guess it was Horace Hogan. (laughs) You're so close. Ah. (laughs) No, Horace knows best. He wouldn't do that. (laughs) So... Yeah, they're not particularly friendly, to my knowledge. I don't know if they've made it up. Um, he's gotten a little weird in his old age, did Jesse. Yeah. So this segment, though, with Hulk Hogan announcing his presidential candidacy got me thinking. And I did voice this to you while we were watching it. But I'm still thinking about it. If this was a real candidacy and he did actually win, what would that have been like if he was president during 9-11? How would that have gone? Let's, Let's just, just dwell on that for a few minutes. that for a minute. <laughs> I just, I think about it a lot. Well, it was an inside job, so he wouldn't have done it. Hey, we don't, we're not a conspiracy theory podcast. We could yeah, be, do you what want are, What are we, a Chris Jericho podcast? <laughs> oh. What are we, a Joe Rogan podcast? We're turning the freaking fogs gay. That's that, Alex Jones. That's Alex Jones. Fuck. <laughs> So Hogan claims that everyone called him asking when he's going to be running for president. Sure they did. I actually believe people called him for comments on Jesse winning. 
Because there also is a quote from Hogan being like, yeah, I'm surprised he won because he's, he's not been at the top of my industry and he's not going to be the top of the top of that one either. Shit. And it's like, okay, dude. But this entire segment is just built on Hogan being insecure about Jesse doing something that he never could. So <laughs> I'm running for president. And I know he apparently goes on one of the late night shows. I might be Leno considering they had a match. But um, he dodges a question that he also dodges during this. It's just, so are you like Democrat or Republican? He's like, right now, I'm right in the middle. Mm. Sure you are, bud. Hmm. Hey, Hogan, what are your views on people of color? Let's talk about that. So he also claims that Eric Bischoff is his campaign manager, who I thought was going to be his VP, because they kept saying that he was going to announce his... His running mate. Yeah. They didn't. <laughs> Do WCW not know what running mate means? It's very possible. I guarantee you they don't have like a proofreader on staff for the script writing yeah, it division. Is, it is sad because... They're owned by Turner Broadcasting. I'm pretty sure also owns CNN. Yeah, they definitely do. They absolutely do. Oh, come on. So he's talking about people who are supporting him. And one of these made me sad. He references my brother Bubba. Not his actual brother. He's just his friend. His dead brother with the son. (laughs) Bubba the Love Sponge. The Love Sponge. He's like a radio host. Oh, God. Who you may have heard of from a lawsuit involving Hulk Hogan and Gawker of Hulk Hogan being extorted by Bubba Love Sponge and Gawker because there was a sex tape of Hulk Hogan banging Bubba's wife with Bubba's permission. And that's where a lot of the (sighs) racist kind of verbiage came from, that tape. Really? This goes deeper than I thought. (laughs) That's what she said. No, not with Hogan. Oh, not with with all those steroids. Yep. Beat me to the joke. (laughs) Oh, I did not know any of that. Although I did think Hulk Hogan may have a future in in politics, especially today. When you think about it, he's an asshole that some people like for some reason that I don't understand. (laughs) I think he would go further in 2020. So he does not give an answer to what party he's going to be running for. (laughs) Yeah. And... I note, bet your green party, bud. Like, no. <laughs> note for later. It was awkward in this segment. Mean Gene asks him if he wants to like, smoke a cigar. And Hogan's like, I don't smoke. Yes. And Put it's a, a real weird delivery. And it's just kind of the end of the segment. Eh. Once again, don't know how to end a segment. No. They are horrible at ending segments. However, turn on the cigar. Doesn't smoke. Remember that. Put a pin in it. Next up in our tradition of skipping matches. I think that was at the top of the second hour, too. Which is like... Oh, yeah. We didn't watch like any of the first hour. Bret Hart comes out for a promo. He's doing a great British Bulldog 99 cosplay. With the, yeah. the, the Wranglers and the tight white t-shirt. He tells Sting to uh, get well soon. He mentions that DDP has apparently been in the hospital for the last two weeks. And he tells Lex that he's finished with him. And he doesn't want anything to do with him. I'll take what Brett also said in WWF when Vince mentioned a a potential program with Lex. I don't want anything to do with them. Oh, God. I don't know how much that's an accusation versus a, I imagine that that's what happened. Yeah, I would believe that. He, yeah, not, not too much in this. Although, notably, 
neither of us caught him challenging DDP to a match at World War Three. No. But later on, they mentioned that Hart challenged him. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't hear it. You didn't hear it. Like we were watching, and yeah. we were being very analytical of this episode, unfortunately. But he didn't say that. What he did say though is that everyone's afraid of him, and the Nitro Girls should hide. Yeah, they. Well, <laughs> like, I don't know what you mean by that, Brad. I don't think I like any what version of that. Do to the Nitro Girls, Brad. Brad, I think you should leave. In terms of women who should be hiding, next up we have oh. Eric Bischoff coming out with Miss Elizabeth. Oh, Miss Elizabeth. I got real sad. So you get to kind of confuse me here because I think I asked you during the episode, is Macho Man still in WCW? And I think you said no. And then he, in the second episode... He is, he is with the company. He's just He was written off TV. He might be hurt right. or they're just... You know, they only have him for so, for so many dates, so they kind of... Because they wrote him off in, like, a beat-down angle. Right. Because the way that I I took that when you said, like, no, was Macho Man left WCW, but Miss Elizabeth stayed. And, like, they they were shoot-married, weren't they? Yes. They were shoot-married, and then they divorced. Were they shoot-divorced? And then they were shoot-divorced. And then they got back together on screen mm-hmm. while they were still divorced. Complicated. And, yeah. There's... Listen, there's a lot of complicated things there. That's not what this podcast is for. But I feel like that would have been a really good kind of like fuck you to Macho Man if Ms. Elizabeth stayed and got like good amounts of TV time. Would you call this good amounts of TV time? If her like, if she is, you know, on screen, it's TV time. TV time's TV time. She says one sentence. I think it's literally two words. She's on television. But she's been on for a little while. But Bischoff is with her and he calls Hogan the people's president. And I wrote... The Rock takes note. <laughs> Gearing up for that 2024 run. I honestly hope he does. I would love to see him. I don't want him to win, he's but weird. I hope he he's, runs. He's weird. You don't, you don't I don't him want him to win. I want a fucking politician to be the head of politics in my country. Uh, again, but... I, want you to, I want you to read his book where he talks about strangling a woman and tries to rip someone's tongue out of their <sighs> mouth. So Bischoff then mentions as campaign manager... He won't be neglecting the NWO or WCW. He also notes that Ric Flair failed a physical, so he won't be wrestling tonight. Although it doesn't seem like the physical actually happened. It just no. seems like. Was this when he was like, if oh, you don't he... have a heartbeat, you can't wrestle? Yes. He oh says my that Ric Flair didn't have a heartbeat during He basically implied that, that Ric Flair was dead. So he can't wrestle because if you don't have a heartbeat, you can't wrestle. Oh my God. So I don't even know what the setup was, but Liz at one point just says, that's right. That's it. That's all she says during this entire segment. But didn't she look cute as a button? Eh. No. She, I'm being facetious. I'm joking. She used to look cute as a button. Her WWF? Adorable. Really? Yeah. I want to watch more Macho Man. We feel like I feel like we really haven't watched a lot of Macho Man. He'll come back, but I don't know how representative that's going to be. I'm going to continue saying I, don't know I would like to watch Macho Man. I don't know his late WCW run other than the fact that I know he gets real weird at one point. Okay, who in wrestling doesn't get a little weird? Trust me. It's weird. Okay. Anyway. Bishop also mentions there'll be no fine for Scott Steiner and Buff Bagwell. And then he brings out the office workers who did find them. And then he just beats them up. Says he hates attorneys. And Is this the, the less fun Mean Street Posse? <laughs> these these that This is that group, right? I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yes, it is. 
with a knockoff Chris Pratt. Yeah, but the more we looked at him, the more we realized it didn't. No, on the profile it didn't. But but face on, there was a guy in the less fun Mean Street Posse that looks like he could be Chris Pratt. God, we, we really had like no matches for this first episode. Yeah, there was so like there was just kind of no point to this segment. And then Bischoff throws a couple of really sad kicks and punches, and then the end. Because oh, yeah, he he has some sort of karate training. Does he? Because it didn't come off. It looked sad. I think he's referenced it in 2002 where we are that he has like a black belt and something. Speaking of being a dick, <laughs> Buff Bagwell comes out. Scott Snyder's there too. Like, Big Papa Pump. I just. Uh, <laughs> I think he's literally in WWE until the last episode. I'm, I'm like, just like, I want Buff to leave. I'm watching you die inside. <laughs> so th- I didn't think they had a match, but the referees refused to have anything to do with Scott Snyder and Buff Bagwell. Mm-hmm. This is because apparently on Thunder, which we... Oh, yeah. We skipped all the Thunders again. Yeah. We will watch Thunders eventually. Yeah. We, it's going to be a while, but we'll watch them eventually. It, I kind of figure anything important, they're going to recap on Nitro. And there really hasn't been anything important, so... Yeah. They're also not recapping the last Nitro or the next Nitro. No, so. they are not. But on Thunder, they beat up one of the referees and, like took like, like hurt his knee or something they like tied him up in, in the ropes and mm-hmm. injured his knee and that was enough for all the refs to like say i'm not refing these people's matches anymore yeah i mean it's also clearly that management has no control of them so they're like yeah no, fuck the i'm not working we're match these right. guys fuck you like i get it we'll buy our own referee that's kind of their their consensus but before that, Scott Steiner cuts a promo. Um, the gist of it is, I'm the best at the sex. <laughs> the sexing is the best. Yep, me. he's the best. That's that, that's the that's the gist. He he said he wants to rock my body all night and then drop two in the morning. So I want to know what that means. <laughs> I thought I was gonna <laughs> splice a lot more of these in, but I'm just like. It's just all, it's all the same thing. It's just like, rock my body. Rock your body. <laughs> I just don't know what drop two in the morning means. Is it just like his morning poops? Like No, I, I think it was, he's going to bang two more women in the morning. Oh, not the same woman two more times. Just uh, I think I, two more women. I really is two women. Do we, oh. should we have a segment trying to just dissect the Scott Center promo? We should. <laughs> Stay tuned for that next time. We'll try to... Uh, we'll get a jingle. <laughs> we'll try to actually, like, blow by blow. Be like, what is he actually saying? Because do you think he fully has a plan when he goes out? God, no. Is he just saying things? No, he's just kind of riffing. He's got a few key words that he wants to say, and he's just going with it. Wherever the wind takes the sentence. He also calls out Roddy Piper again, which we'll see if that ever pays off or not. We haven't seen Roddy Piper yet, have we? Yeah, I think he's like the commissioner, the president or something. Oh, really? Of WCW. Oh, shit. And Scott wants to fight somebody from WCW. Cue Chris Adams. Yeah. Who the fuck is Chris Adams? Because they also introduced him as a veteran. I'm like, who is this man? I think that's just veteran here is code for jobber. He's been around and just loses. And just loses. I wrote, he gonna die. Oh my fucking god, he fucking did. So, Adams gets in the ring, and it looks like Buff is going to be the ref. And then the two of them just 
beat him down. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is real impressive. You beat a fucking no-name jobber up. Wow, I'm scared of you now. Yeah. and Yeah, that was unnecessary. During this, Bobby Heenan, bless him, actually mentions World War Three. Wow. He mentions Scott Snyder's pick to win. Oh, I missed that. Which probably means Scott Snyder's not going to be in the match at all. Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, we haven't even gone through that. Like, who's actually in the match? Oh, yeah. They don't... They haven't announced, like, three people. I'm not completely ready for that World War Three episode yet. It's gonna be a lot. Because we've watched at least part of a World War Three before. Yeah. It's a lot. I haven't even watched this one. I don't even know. I don't remember they're who just wins. All, they're such know. a mess that... Yeah. Uh, our plan is to do live commentary for that. Is just a way of talking about it because otherwise it's going to be all right. Things happen and then there's the final four. Yeah. So Rick Steiner comes out to stop the beating and he offers to put the title on the line with a mystery partner. Which why can he put titles on the line with not Kenny Chaos? Yeah, because didn't he w- he won the tag titles with Kenny Chaos, right? Yeah, and Kenny got beat down, but Kenny, Wait, Kenny, Kenny Chaos wasn't even in this episode, was he? Yeah, he, he got beat down this episode, but it was. It wasn't a beatdown that I think would leave you out of action for months. Yeah, it didn't really make sense. But he also didn't say who was going to be his new tag title, so... Well, wait five minutes, because they just leave that segment. They do a Lex Luger World War Three like, video package. And then they come... Then, all of a sudden, Scott Center and Buff Bagwell are coming back out. I don't fucking know. Yeah, they come back out for the match that was just... Pitched to them. Yeah, so they left so they could do their entrance again? Yes, but also so did Rick Steiner. I don't know why we had to do the little Lex Luger love fest sort of thing in there. Well, I don't... To me, that isn't the issue. That's just a video package. It's just poor production. Like... Because that means Buff and Scott had to go backstage and then wait to come back out. And Rick had to walk past them to come out second. It wasn't like Rick was already in the ring when they made the entrance. No, so they literally just did the whole entrance again. Yeah. They did the um they did the grade the grade school thing of the shuttle run where you have to go back and forth like grab the blocks and put them oh, on one God. side. They did that but with <laughs> en- but with entrances and, and a non-match. Because they come out for a tag team title match. Then Rick comes out. Then Rick's partner comes out. And who's Rick's partner? It's Judy Bagwell. It's Judy fucking Bagwell. I got so excited. I was like, fuck, it's Judy fucking Bagwell. Yeah. <laughs> it's so shit. But why? But why is it Judy Bagwell? I think Rick Steiner lucked out by having Scott be his brother. How is that lucky? Well, so far, Rick Steiner's pretty shit at picking his own tag team partners. So I far, don't... he's picked Judy Bagwell and Kenny Chaos. Like... I don't really know how you can just kind of change your partner if you are the tag team title champion. You, like, right. that bothers me. Just getting past, agreed, but even past that, why the fuck would you pick Judy Bagwell? Well, I, I think know he she was hoping, a... I think he was hoping that, like, oh, these men won't hit an old lady. <laughs> that didn't work, but, uh. Yeah, no, it did not work. We'll get there. So Rick then books a match for the four of them at World War Three. After Scott and Buff just decide to leave. 
because they're so thrown off about Judy Bagwell yeah. being the. They're so terrified of this woman in her fucking fifties or sixties, in a physical wrestling match, that they need to wait. And Judy says she's fine with that because unlike the other time she beat up her son, which also. Hold on. What'd you say there? What's up, Judy? This time she's going to get paid. I'm like, okay. Yeah, so they don't do the match. No. They don't do the match. They do two entrances for. They're just like, nah, we'll just do it. We'll just do it at World War Three. And they. Huh? They won't even do it there. Are you kidding? They set up why that won't happen in the next episode. Ugh. But we finally have a match, which in hindsight we probably could have skipped. Oh my god, yeah. But like, I feel weird skipping a Bret Hart match. Like, Bret Hart matches should be good, right? The next one is. This one's not. Yeah. We have Conan and versus Bret Hart. Which I mentioned earlier being a whole lot of corner offense. Did you notice how much Conan has to take off before his match? No, I didn't really notice. He has, like, a t-shirt, the, like, flannel over it, sunglasses, a, like, a hat. Like, there's a lot of added things. It almost looked like he didn't take off pants, but I think he actually wrestled with them. Well, if you're going to wear that much gear, you got to just commit. Wear it all, bud. So this is where they mentioned that apparently Brett challenged GDP to a match at World War Three, which... For some, maybe that was in one of the things we skipped and they just kind of cut backstage for 10 seconds, but that match has been offered. But, like, they don't really do backstage call-out segments. Like, this episode had the most backstage stuff that we've seen so far because of the motorcade. Yeah. A good portion of this match is just brawling on the outside. That's always, I don't know if you've realized yet, but that's usually a bad sign. If the first thing you do is go to the outside and just punch around there. Yeah. It doesn't set you up for success. That's for sure. So it was during this match that I realized I had a duty as a wrestling fan to show Emily something. And I'm going to show her right now. I would like your live reaction to Conan in the WWF as Max Moon. Oh, Oh, no. Oh. What is that? He's meant, to, he's meant to be from the moon, like from space. And he would come out with, like, blasters on his arms that would, like, shoot pyro. Okay, that's kind of cool, but, like... Oh. There's very few photos of him doing it because I don't even know if he ever actually appeared on TV as it. I think he saw it and went... No, I quit, and they got somebody else to do it. Oof. It's just not a good look. It's very cartoony. It's like, hey, you remember Toy Story? Remember that character Buzz Lightyear? What if we do that, but worse? What if What if we do Buzz Lightyear as a luchador? Anyway, Brett goes for a nice flying nothing and, and gets countered. Always annoys me a little bit. Not a super amount, just like a, what are you doing? That whole match was a flying nothing. Like, I was so bored by this match. I was so frustratingly bored because I want to like Bret Hart. But so far, what I've seen from him, haven't loved. Would you say that Bret Hart was the heel in this match? I don't fucking know. Because both of them were using illegal rope-based offense. But it doesn't even matter because what's the DQ? Did we have that in this one? Yes. Oh, um. Yeah, in the main event. Well, no, because he, he, Brett gets DQ'd in this. 
Oh yes, yes. But there, there's a there's a move in the main event that I'm like, DQ. Brett works over the knee. There are some, uh, there's some. We want Sting chance. He will be back for a little while still, but oh, sorry, people return for him. So yeah, Brett decides he's had enough and goes and gets a chair and hits Conan on the knee. Yeah. So and in that works moment, over for a while, and then Lex Luger comes out. But no, in that moment with the chair. That's when you realize, like, oh, he's the heel, right? I mean, I would say the past couple of weeks in television. I don't fucking... Well, in this match, particularly. I mean, it's not going to change... Bret Hart was the heel? It's not going to Yes. It's not going to change week to week. They don't really talk about what Conan's doing. True, they don't. He's part of the Wolfpack, and Wolfpack is good guys? Question mark? I don't know. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, Conan, good guy, but also using cheating moves, so... Anyway. So, yeah, Luger comes out. Does Make, he do anything? He just makes the save. He makes the save, and Brett goes to bail. I don't know. If, I don't think Lex was supposed to follow him, because Brett kind of like jogs on the outside, and Lex like goes out of the ring to follow him, and Brett like turns around, like oh shit, and like pegs <laughs> it back in the ring, and then goes in and out again, and then Lex stays in the ring oh, after God. that, because it looked like he was not supposed to follow him. Like Brett really eased up, and it was like oh shit. Uh, no stretcher for Conan after working over the knee, but they like they had like weirdly like four people carry him out. Yeah, so why not a stretcher? I don't know. If you're gonna have to like, pride, so it's better to be lifted out by four men than to be put on a stretcher. I guess. Disagree, but all right, Conan. Kind of nothing match. It's unfortunate for a Bret match, but yeah, I haven't had a like wow that was amazing Bret Hart match yet. It's occurring to me that if I asked you, what are some of the matches that are going to happen at World War Three, you would not have an answer for me. Because Conan ha- has a match at World War Three. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I believe you. So next up, we have a Chris Jericho interview, State of His Hair. Okay, th- was this... This is the one where it was, like, all in front of his face? Just all everywhere. It was... That was a mess. It was not, it was not a floof. It was, like, a fluff... It was like, bud, get a, get a hairbrush. But Jericho gets a nice pop, and it seemed like it was his birthday. I think he, I think he said it. And he probably got a nice pop because he's from around here. Although then he does the immediate, I'm glad I got the hell out of here kind of thing. Just got a heel turn around. Okay, yeah, he is, kind of, he is kind of close to New York City. It wasn't New York City. They were somewhere. Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't remember where the show was taking place, but... Yeah, it was his birthday. I remember that. That was that was kind of cool. He turned 28 in this yes. show? Yeah. Which, once again, what are we doing with our fucking lives? Yes, because we also talked about how Kenny Chaos was also like 28, and it's like, he's so new and green. Oh, and- yeah. In the last episode that we talked, they were saying like, oh, he's, he's still so young. He's so new to the company. Like, sir, you're 28, and you're in a match with a 23-year-old, the giant. I don't think you're that young. So Jericho claims to be 4-0 against Greenberg again. Greenberg. Which I'm sure that that is from before we started. Because I'm like, I don't understand the Mm -mm. 4-0 kind of thing. No. And he claims he broke Goldberg's streak. I'm like, that's a stretch at best. And apparently Goldberg is not in the building per Ralphus. Which I think both of us just busted out laughing when we saw Ralphus again. I love Ralphus. What a guy, Ralphus. During this, Goldberg is finally arriving to the show, you know, about halfway through. Although... Not halfway. We're almost done. <laughs> More than halfway. Sorry you're late. Oh, yeah, true. Because this is like the final... Like, Se- yeah, this is like the second to last thing we watched, at least. You know what? I'm going to give Ralph his credit. 
Ralphus has probably watched WCBTV and realized that Goldberg only shows up in the last 90 seconds. Fair. However, yeah, it is. I think we, we, we looked at the time and it was like, there's like 15 minutes left in the show. Goldberg's just getting there. Yeah, what's the point at that point? Yeah. Like, if you're going to be late and be 15, show 15 minutes before your shift ends, like, just don't come, you it's know? Not your, it's not even your, you're on call. Basically. I mean, like, if you were working in the service industry. Like, if I yeah. was, when I was a barista, if I was like, hey, my 9 to 2 shift, I'm going to show up at 145. My manager would be like, fuck that, no. You're not coming in. Well, it also doesn't help that it's like, it'd be different if you had the main event match. And like, okay, you're turning up right before that and you know no. it's this. He, he doesn't, yeah. He there's no reason for him to be there. So Goldberg comes out after arriving, yeah, with 20 minutes left on the show. And he spears Jericho in the aisle. And then he, like, picks him up and, like, throws him into the barricade and does a weird, like, awkward, like, punch or two. And that's, that's it. it. It's like, just just do the spear. It was a good spear. Eh. I mean, when you have slow motion replays of him overselling, it kind of kills it a little bit for me. I don't know. I thought it was a good spear. But. But, yeah. And then this is all we've seen of Goldberg since Halloween Havoc. God. No matches. He just runs in at the very end of every episode. He did turn up earlier than any other time. Fair. But is that saying a lot? No. <laughs> he didn't come out in the last 10 seconds of the episode. Congratulations. This time. This time. But he did show up 20 minutes before the episode was over? Beyond time. Exactly. What would your manager say? So for our main event, we have the Giant and Scott Hall versus Team Failed New Generation Projects. <laughs> Woo! I'm so excited! WCW has the most generic themes. Yeah. Oh. Okay, anyway, this match. I don't really have a lot yeah, to do say. Do you have anything to say about um, it? I was really hoping that you'd have stuff to say so I could bounce off of you. But Paul I, like... throws a toothpick at Nash and Nash spits on him. Okay, so is spitting not a DQ? I guess technically not. Because like, that's like the only note I wrote. Like, I, spit? It could, be a, it could be a sportsmanship thing. Okay. Like, there's... I mean... Like, there's matches where people spit on somebody and then they get low-blowed and the person low-blows them gets DQ'd because obviously that's an illegal move. Well, yeah. Spitting is kind of a weird gray area. Okay. It feels like a lot of stuff is a weird gray area with WCW. Yeah. The I, refs don't... But they, what's, your, what's your case for that being illegal? I don't know. I guess I don't really have a case for it. I've also seen people do like a snot rocket kind of thing Ew. on their opponent, and that's not a DQ either. Well, it's just kind of gross. And like, if you bleed and you happen to bleed on your opponent, like that's not a DQ. Tell me, do you bleed? I so I I decided to count the number of like grapples and like non just oh, punch yeah. or knee moves in this match. How many do you think there were? Um, ten. <laughs> oh, not even close. Three. It's it's two and two halves. Two halves is one, my dear. Yeah, I I want to note them because I'm like two halves equal a whole. Well, because either one could be discredited, and then we're either at at two two and a half or we're at two. Because one is a I think a counter Lex is like a counter face buster where he like grabs like Hall's hair and kind of like slams him to oh. the mat, and it's like a kind of thing. And I'm like, okay, I like. In the WWE games, that is a grapple move. I know okay. that. So I'm like, okay, I can see that. It's still a, you know, not a tough bump, but I'm like, 
you kind of have to actually there is a proper way to sell that so i'm like that's kind of a half one okay and there is a counter to a power bomb so scott hall goes for the outsider's edge which is a power bomb and luger kind of counters out of it and like flips him over his head so i'm like i guess that's you know it's a counter but again there is a way you have to take this bump so i'm like that's my two halves and okay. i think it's like a scoop slam and a scoop slam the other two ones it was just really boring yeah. i think i zoned out a lot in this match same uh bret hart runs in for the dq which is the same as the finish last week and luger then chases them out with a chair woo and that's it that's it that's the episode yeah Better or worse than the previous ones? I worse. Think. Worse? I think, yeah. It was just really boring. Like, H- Hogan ran for president. I feel like we forgot about that. Yeah. It was just, it was boring. Like, of the other episodes that we have watched, this one had the least going on. And it had the least redeemable bits to it. Like, even this next episode we're going to talk about. Like, this one I think is better. Well, it starts off better. It starts off, uh, it's the November 16th, 98 Nitro. It starts off with Juventud Guerrero versus Kidman. Yeah. So the winner is apparently going to face Rey Mysterio at World War Three, Which is going to be a fun match. Remember that. Oh, no. Remember that. I'm looking forward to that match. Am I going to not? Oh, no. So, match is pretty similar to the last couple. Well, because we've seen Hooventude versus Kidman a handful of times now. I think we've seen it once. I thought it was like at least twice. No, because Disco won at mm. uh, Halloween Havoc. There were some Hoovy Sucks chants. There were. I don't know where that came from. Do we yeah. hate Hoovy? I'm wondering if it was just some people like directly under one of the crowd mics. Maybe. Just happened to get picked up. Because besides that, people seem to like Hoovy. So I did think it was interesting, though. Uh, I also thought it was interesting that Hoovy hit a springboard like leg drop from the mm-hmm. outside and hurt his own ass. <laughs> yeah, that looked... That looked botched. That didn't look like it was on purpose. No, that's just him overselling it. Oh, okay. However, that is a real concern. Like, if when you like do... Like, that can be an actual injury? Well, it is. It, oh. just, it, it sucks to do, apparently. Uh, Matt Hardy had to have, like, surgery because he did so many of them that, like, his, like, spine, like, fused with his tailbone. Like, his tailbone just, like, got all fucked up. Ooh. Like, even Hogan had to have, like, spinal surgery because he Ooh. has just the, the regular leg drop and he jumps for it. Ooh. Ouch. Yeah, it's like, like it. you don't do top rope leg drops as your finisher. But there were some, like, there were some good moments in this match. Like, it wasn't overall underwhelming to me, Hooventud versus Kidman match. Because, like, I usually, like, the match we watched with them before, I really loved. I thought the first half was worrying. Actually, I like the second half. I thought the second half was better than any of the other matches we've seen mm. of them. However, during that second half. Oh, God. Another, we're four for four now on Kidman oh, matches with the countering a power bomb into a face buster. That is- I'm I'm g- gonna watch intently on all Hoovy matches now and be like, does he ever hit a power bomb besides when it needs to be countered? That's a good question. And like that's my issue. I understand people have their moves and they're gonna do them every match. I don't like when your move has to be a counter to somebody else's right. Move. That's an issue a lot of people have had with um, John Cena had his like his quote unquote five moves of doom, where it'd be shoulder block, shoulder block, and then 
he would duck somebody's wild. I don't even know if it was pretty a right right hand or a clothesline. It was just like a just a flying arm. Yeah, and then he would duck it and then turn it into like the spin power bomb thing. Okay, and it's just like a this wild nothing punch every time, and I'm like, this move only happens because you counter that one, right? Like shoulder blocks happen. That's fine. Everybody, every wrestler, every face wrestler has their comeback sequence, but it's the when you need. Someone else to do a move they don't normally do to to do your move. I'm mm-hmm. like, mm, takes me out of it a bit. That's fair. I just feel like that is becoming one of those moves that we're expecting from Kidman. Because like when I see a Kidman match, I expect the face buster and I expect the shooting star press. Well, yeah, one's his finisher. But he didn't even do that one in this one, so I'm well, shocked. He lost. Well. But Hoovy hits apparently one of his finishers. Cause they, they they call it the Hoovy driver. Mm. And, he, and Kidman kicks out. Yeah, that's true. However, we do oh. get a DQ moment. DQ? That should be a soundbite at this point. Because Kidman, I think, goes up for the shooting star press. Mm-hmm. And Hoovy goes up to, like, stop him. Yeah. And Kidman just low blows him. But the ref just didn't see it. No, the ref did see it. There was no distraction. Well. Low blow. DQ? Nope. A little bit later... Hoovy hits a 450 splash right into Kidman's knees. Oh, God. That one just sounded hard. It sounded like it was so painful. I doubt it was, but there was a part of me that wondered if it was a receipt for the sketchy um, shooting star presses that Kidman does. Maybe. I doubt it, but maybe. So, Hoovy gets the pin, and there's a new champion. Ooh, I didn't actually expect that. I really thought that Kidman was going to retain. Yeah, they also, like, didn't do a job of being like, oh, yeah, this is a title match, like, before. No, we had to figure just, that like, out on our own. They just hold the title up. I'm like, okay, that's how I was thinking. title match. match, yeah. I uh, realized, like, I, the, we kind of glanced over it, but the Hoovy Driver is another one of those moves that just scares me. Does like, it? Like, I know it's one of those neck tuck moves. I don't like those. Yeah, they, I think I need to, I think I need to see a brain buster gone wrong <laughs> because. I don't want to. It's just one of those that looks like, okay, you're kind of like, it's like a rolling land. It's kind of how I read it in my brain. Well, it's like the Swanton Bomb. Well, that's a little different. I don't like those either. But you, you say like, oh, it's really safe because you tuck your neck. I'm like, oh, but it's not. Swanton Bombs, they land they land on their tailbone more often than not. Uh, maybe, like, not maybe I'm not thinking of Swanton Bomb. No, you you also don't, you don't like the Swanton Bomb because it, it's, it's that flip thing. But I'm thinking of when they like dive off the ring into like the aisle or something. Or off the ring into the center. Like, the the Hardy Boys. I know. It's like another one of those, like, rolling lands or yeah. something. But I don't like it. Yeah, so he rolls. But, like, he's way more likely to hurt, hurt his tailbone. Like, there actually is one of the um, tables. Or, like, it's either a tables match or a TLC match where he misjudges it. And, like, <sighs> he, like, clips, like, Bubba Ray or Devon on the way down. But just smacks his ass. Oh, God. Like, from, like, you know, the top of the ladder. Just, like, <laughs> Yeah, it's rough, but that's 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 not a neck concern one. I don't. Okay, it, it makes my really, neck hurt. Every you're time. basically doing a forward roll. It's it's hard to fuck your neck up doing a swanton, to my knowledge. I don't know. I'm sure somebody has. It just makes me nervous, as someone who has never done anything gymnastics related or anything like that. So Kidman then grabs the title out of the ref's hands, and I wasn't sure if we were going to get a heel turn or something, but then he just hands the title to Hoobie, handshake, hug, and that's it. Yeah, we actually thought that he was going to turn heel in that in that moment. A little bit. It was just more of a why is he doing this? I'm like, okay. Which I, but, I those those false 
those non-swerves are important for actual swerves. Fair. But like a, a Hooventude versus Rey Mysterio match, like that'll be fun. And the look that you're giving me is making me really nervous. Moving on. Ah. <laughs> Moving on, we have a uh, Ric Flair interview with... And on Rick's way to the ring, we see the the monkey again. The fucking monkey. What is that thing? Why is it there? Who is it? Why is it there? Wildcat Willie was the WCW mascot from 1995 to 1999. (gasps) He'd come out to the ring and dance around in between matches on Nitro and Saturday Night. Oh, I hate it. He was finally fired in 1999 after realizing that fans hated him and had more fun throwing stuff at him than actually watching him. I didn't realize it was an actual mascot. (laughs) See, Oh, God, I hate it. I think we first saw it in Phoenix. I know the... Mm-hmm. The, I think the Phoenix Suns have like a gorilla mascot or something weird. And I was so you like, thought it was like a Phoenix thing? I, yeah, I thought it was like, oh, maybe it's an earlier version of that mascot. And then he showed up here and I went, no, Oof. this is something else. I hated it. I hated it a lot. I'm glad I'm not alone in my hating it. So Arn Anderson is apparently on his way to jail after the previous segment, which we kind of... Yeah, we didn't watch. He was what fighting the NW off with like a crowbar. Oh, okay. And Mongo was taken to a hospital because he got beat down in a segment before Arn Anderson came out. Oh. So, Ric Flair threatens to chop Eric Bischoff so hard, he'll have four nipples. Two on the front, two on the back. Which I think I had to explain to you. <laughs> you did have to explain the, it to the, me. The, the potential physics of that. Or it biology, or I don't know anatomy? how that qualifies. Yeah, it was not translating in my brain. For what it's worth, my guess was you're, you basically your ca- basically your chest is going to cave in, so your nipples are going to be on your front, but they'll also be visible from the back because <laughs> it's going to go all the way through. I don't know. Ugh. Sometimes odd threats are just meant to be threats. I mean, yeah, but I'm going to look into them. Buddy brings out Barry Windham. Yes, another large man with long blonde hair that I'm going to get confused with somebody else. And you're going to be like, how could you not realize that that's Barry Windham? Like, I'm going to get made fun of because I'm not going to recognize Barry Windham from another large blonde man. We'll see if he ever wrestles. He, okay. He's a he's like a legend of wrestling. Like, he's like one of the like, original kind of four horsemen kind of guys. Oh, okay. Still. So, we'll see how long he sticks around. It, they made it seem like he's gonna, he's going to be around for a while, but... I don't God, it wouldn't shock me if he's not here next week. Yeah. Because Bischoff comes out. Incoming leather daddy. And he says he didn't hire Barry Windham. He said he did, did previously fire him. But Flair's like, no, I spent my own money on hiring him, so it doesn't matter. Which I guess you can, you know. But he said Flair is not authorized to hire people or spend Ted Turner's money. So it was Flair's money, right? Yes. So the way That I, was the argument. The way Bischoff I kind of read that is that... Bischoff doesn't have to book him in a match slash can't book him in a match, but he can still be around. I don't know. Like if it was Flair's assistant and Flair wanted to hire him, I don't. Sometimes trying to make sense of the the legal jargon of it doesn't always work. Especially when it's not real legal jargon. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, Flair says he's, reiterates he's the one paying Wyndham and then he tells Liz to get ready, which I know you did not like. No, because he said Barry is going to tear up Miss Elizabeth. 
I don't like that. What the hell does that even mean? What does that imply? See, I read that as he's going to, like, consensually seduce, but maybe that's the optimist in me. Yeah, I don't think you say tear up if you're going to consensually ask somebody if they would like Listen, to Listen, I've been on, on occasion with you who've been like, I'm going to tear it up. Okay, we've been dating for two and a half years, though. We can have that jargon, and I understand what you're saying to me. It, no, it just, it gave me icky bad feelings. No. And that's the end of the segment. Yeah, that's it. So next up, we get a Judy Bagwell statement from the hospital. Apparently, Scott put her in the hospital off screen. Yeah, like because he they didn't hit her in that last segment. No, and nothing happened on Thunder, apparently. So she's just in the hospital for a broken heart, maybe? No, she, she says Scott he put her in the hospital, like yeah. physically. And she pleads with Buff to go back to being Marcus. Because Buff is a is a jerk, Basically. and Marcus isn't. Basically, yeah, she's just pleading from her bed. Anyway, so next up, there was a Chavo Guerrero and Scott uh, Putsky match, but then it just cuts to backstage in the middle of it, and Bam Bam Bigelow is there. Bam Bam. He's looking for Goldberg. Bam Bigelow, not a WCW employee. I mean, he probably actually is, but yeah, because they were saying like not employed by WCW. So who in this? fake world is he employed with is he self-employed uh i would say it makes sense that he's leaving ecw i know he wrestled for oh. them around this time in 97 98 so i'm guessing he just left there and is signed and, and his shoot signed with wcw okay but this but seems, yeah. this seems to be his debut or re-debut in wcw i don't know if he's ever been there before uh, you know oh, oh who knows who's been wearing the 80s yeah who fucking but he's in the ring. He's calling out Goldberg. Well, he, well, first he comes to the ring and he beats up both guys. Oh, yeah. The two guys were having a nice match. He's just like, nah, fuck you guys. Die. So, yeah. Bischoff, J.J. Dillon, and some security come out. And... Yeah, not Goldberg. No. Leather Daddy and J.J. Dillon come out. And Dillon says Bigelow doesn't work for WCW. And then Goldberg comes out and security just holds him apart. He's looking massive, by the way. Massive and hunky. I flip-flop on whether or not Goldberg is a hunk. Because in this, yes. I don't know. He was looking hunky. What about modern-day Dadberg? Not a hunk. No. Scary, but not a hunk. Like, if I was dating his daughter, I'd be very very fearful for my life. So Bischoff and J.J. Dillon go backstage. And Bischoff's mad at him for not containing things and finding Scott Snyder. So he fires J.J. Dillon. Mm Mm-hmm. And then it's the old, you can't fire me, I quit. I quit. Which, isn't that like historically a terrible move in terms of like severance stuff? Yeah. Because yeah. if you quit, you don't get severance. Never quit, kids. Always get fired. That's not good advice. So now that J.J. Dillon is gone, Buff Bagwell and Scott Steiner come out with their own ref who has a whistle. He does have a whistle. He likes that whistle. Also, can you tell me, can you look at me and tell me that this ref is not discount coach? little bit. He definitely looks like a mix of Coach and Ernest the Cat Miller. Yeah, it looks like Coach with some stuff on his head. Oh, yeah, he wrote, like... He's got, like, tattoos on his head. No, that, that was a Sharpie marker. Okay, well, he's got what are supposed to be tattoos on his head. I don't even know if they're supposed to be. I don't know. To me, it looked like it was supposed to be, like, these big head tattoos. But, anyway. But, yeah, looks like Discount Coach. And he has a whistle. So... 
they have the ref show what a three count looks like and he <laughs> hot dogs while doing it quite a bit. Oh, yeah. He took his job very seriously. We'll see if we ever see this man again or if he was like, I got I got three minutes. I'm I'm getting all of it out of yeah. it. I'm getting my shit in, brother. <laughs> he, I liked him, though. Uh, Scott cuts another I'm a best at, best at the sex promo. Of course. Because if you don't say it every week that you are the best at the sex, you lose the title. That's why I say it every week now. There you go. Doesn't make it true, but you know, there it is. Oh, wow. On the, on the podcast, right? Yeah, I'm going to okay. bust your balls. Thanks. <laughs> well, now I'm done. <laughs> so apparently, Buff Bagwell gave the okay for Scott to beat up his mom. Yeah, because it was like, because I beat up your mom, you can beat up mine. But like. Yes, and then Mrs. Steiner. Oh my and they God, cannot yeah. put enough quotations around that. Mrs. Steiner, a man in a wig. Yes, which I was glad. I was glad they did acknowledge at a certain point that it was a man in a wig. Yeah, because the commentators yeah. are like, "Oh my God, it's Mrs. Steiner." Well, don't they like? Haven't they met her? Don't they talk about like the Steiners, or do they talk about the Hearts? They're the Hearts. Um, she's been on television maybe once or twice, but it's never been in a large role, to my knowledge. Yeah, so Buff beats up quote-unquote mrs steiner rick comes out to make the save and shows that it is indeed a man it is not my mama no what did he say he said this ain't my mama yeah and while he's while he's stripping the man bobby heenan says somebody give me a dollar yeah but why (laughs) that like killed you oh so when rick says that this isn't my mother this ain't my mother bobby just very casually goes it's your dad. Oh, <laughs> I missed that. You were dying. I was. At the, com- at the commentary Heenan. in this Just poll. Bobby Heenan. Oh, my God. So, yeah, after he shows that it is indeed a man, Scott Norton just randomly appears in the back of the ring and blindsides Rick Steiner, and then all three beat him down. Cool. And then there's the N-W-O. No. No. Just, just, the, just, just the letters. Yeah. God forbid there be music to end a segment to indicate <laughs> your, your tempo is so off. I'm going faster because it's slow. And I'm trying to get through this. So we go backstage, although it says earlier tonight, and Bischoff says that Bigelow will not be in World War III. But then Goldberg kind of comes up and chokes him and is like, I want a match with him. And it's like, okay. And that's kind of the segment. Although I'm glad somebody who is feud- now feuding with Goldberg won't be in World War Three to add any intrigue to that match, but <laughs> who might win? You know, God forbid. Uh, I'm not excited for World War Three. I am, but I'm not. So next up, we have Bobby Duncan Jr. versus Chris Jericho for the TV title. Bobby Duncan. He looks about 45 years old. Yes. Uh, this is apparently his WCW debut. Oh, is it really? I don't think I caught that. They Yeah, they said that, and they noted that he... They talked about his father. A yeah, lot. they talked about his dad so much. I honestly could not tell when they're talking about him versus his dad. Right. Because they said because they said that he had like done really well for himself in Japan. I can find no like he didn't win any titles there, and I can find very little info about him in Japan. Oh. I think it's just one of those he was somewhere and we know that ninety nine percent of you don't know if he actually did anything, so And fuck it's him. not like you have the internet because it's nineteen ninety eight. I think the last time they, anybody tried that was um, in 2012. They rebranded, you know, Albert or A-Train as Lord Tensai. And they're like, 
he's from Japan. <laughs> and it's like, no, he's not. Sure he is. Sure he is. But this big white guy is from Japan. Sure. Cue the Albert. 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 Oh, Albert. So is there anything of note in this match? I mean. I liked it a lot. I thought it was a really fun match. I really like Jericho matches. I'm, I, mean, I, I like, I like Jericho intently. as well, but it's like when Jericho's the smaller heel, he shouldn't be working over the large. No, but he's just really fun to watch. Who keeps bringing the cowbell into the ring? <laughs> what is their cowbell? No, so there was one move that Jericho did in this match that I thought was really cool that I don't see very often, where he like hooked his knee around Duncan's neck and like did this big flip and brought him down. It was really nice, very yeah. slick. Like um, like Jericho's yeah. good. It's just a matter of like he's just really he's, entertaining. He's wrestling to watch. Bobby Duncan Jr. I don't I don't care. It's and, funny when like the second you put and, him in a submission hold, ask him. Like that always gets. And me. he almost doesn't care about this match, Chris Jericho, because he just leaves at the end. Well, yeah. Jericho, yeah. So the match ends. Jericho just decides I'm getting counted out and just goes home. Yeah. Wasn't there something like? Didn't Bobby Duncan pull something out? Yes, he grabs the cowbell again at the at the uh, end of the match. I think it was once like, Jericho already decided to leave. Okay, I thought there was like a weapon pulled, and Jericho was like, "Nope, not doing it." No, although he no, because he, he tried to pull it earlier in the match. But mm. uh, Bobby Duncan Jr. would then use the cowbell to hogtie Jericho on Thunder. Yes, we did watch that. <laughs> he was so willing to get hogtied. If you actually watch that, oh, like yeah. he was not resisting that tie at all. No. He put his arm back before it got tied. He's a professional. <laughs> but funny. Jericho's great. Bobby Duncan Jr., not so much. No. And now we have Hogan coming out. Coming out to Hail to the Chief. And by Hail to the Chief, I mean a 23-second loop of Hail to the Chief that just kind of keeps playing and playing. And I think there's one point where you're really here at loop. So once Hogan's in the ring, both of us heard this. Just like a crackling or constant popping sound. Because when he comes out, balloons drop into the ring. Yeah. Like a shit ton of balloons. Well, they drop all over the ramp as well mm. and like everywhere. So it's like a, were people popping? I think people were popping in the balloons. But it, it was so many. It had to be like concentrated like. Unless my other thought was like, was production coming out and pre-popping all the balloons so that it'd be easier to clean them up quickly? I mean, maybe. I, I mean, but that's kind of, that's what I figured it was. I, I thought it was production doing it like behind the flag. Mm, maybe. Because there's also a giant flag on the ramp. Yes, there is. Yeah, that must that must have been. It couldn't have been anything else but like balloons popping. It was wild. So Hogan says that he he's actually now worried that um, Bischoff is too busy with WCW and NWO to be the campaign manager. He is a very busy man. He has a lot on his plate. Because Bischoff won't have the time, he brings out an intern. Get it? Because Bill Clinton. Yeah, and this woman is very clearly doing a Monica Lewinsky. She. She was very curvy. She was very curvy. She was very pretty. She also but... was like 30. It's like my intern. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Your intern's mother. Now, some controversy here. She she pulls a cigar out of her boobs. Remember what we said to bookmark it earlier? And offers Hogan the cigar. And he's like, I can't wait to smoke this. It's like, I... Which one is it, Hogan? Hmm. You a smoker or you a non-smoker? Which section are you sitting in? So the first half of this is just meant to set up a lazy joke that isn't that funny. Yeah. A Monica Lewinsky joke. That's it. I don't know. I think there can be a funny form of a lot of jokes. This was just not... Not it. (laughs) Not funny as written. So Eric Bischoff then comes out and Hogan promises that 
he'll eventually take the title off of Goldberg. And then Scott Hall comes out. Yeah. And he... Isn't he trying to, like, kind of bury Bischoff? Be like, your head's not in the NWO or something like that. Yeah, he asked yeah. Bischoff what kind of where his head is. And I don't know how much it was supposed to this, but Bischoff is like, like, you of all people shouldn't have to ask me. And I, it seemed like they were kind of going for a, like, you know I'm NWO, but it's also like when you just did a whole drinking storyline with Scott Hall, it's like a, you should not, not be the one asking me, where's your Where's head at? Head? Yeah, that's fair. So, yeah, Bischoff doesn't like being asked the question. It's like, we'll handle this backstage. And then Hall decks him. And then Hogan kind of saws a second and then decks Hall. And then Nash comes out. Nash comes out and Hogan and Bischoff clear the ring and him and Hall do not fight. No. So they, and then Nash says to Hall, I'll see you in Nevada, I think he says. Oh, he said, I'll see you in something. He'll see him at World no, War III. He, he said he said a location. I don't remember wherever World well, War III I didn't is. Hear, but. I didn't hear what he said. I it was a I, all I heard was Tony Schiavone going, "Did you hear that?" And I'm like, they they played it again in the replay. Oh, Okay. And they like actually I missed that. Mic. I missed that because yeah. I, I I just heard you know as we've noted Kevin Nash and Hall mumbling. Mumble. Yeah. <laughs> I just heard Tony Schiavone going, "Did you hear that?" He said this. I'm like, sure he did. Did he or are you just trying to fill in the blanks of storytelling? I'm sure he said something. But no, in the replay, they they actually like isolated that mic. So we finally get to see our first Chris Benoit match in WCW. We do. It's Chris Benoit versus Bret Hart, and I was you I were was, geeking out for this match a little bit. Well, I think you should go preheat the oven to uh, four hundred degrees. Why? Because we're about to have some chops. And that's this episode of the Butts in the Seats podcast. No, See you, bye. no. <laughs> you know, I thought of that joke, too, while we were watching it. And I was oh, like, oh, I got that in the back. <laughs> I got that one in the chamber. I'm going to write this one down. <laughs> but seriously, those those chops. Oh, my God. It didn't look like he was holding anything back. Oh, no, he doesn't. <laughs> he looked like he was out for blood. Yeah, it's been said before, but there are two different types of ways to do chops. There's the, you kind of hit him with like, you know, the blunt side of your hand. Yeah. And it's not that loud. Or you do, in Ric Flair's where you do that like slight turn at the last second. So you're getting so more like, of the like flush So palm. like your palm kind of almost kind of hits him and yeah. it's and it's a loud kind of chop there. There is a third option. It's the Chris Benoit one where you do the blunt side so hard it sounds <laughs> like the, 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 the palm. Big oof. Big and I cannot stress this enough. Oof. Brett does his backbreaker in this, which I think is beautiful. It looks yes. It looks rigid, like it, like it's not stiff. Like that's the thing. It's not stiff, but it looks purposeful, like meaningful. Yeah, it's like it, that's a way I would describe a lot of Brett Tarr's moves. He works very rigidly. Of like, I almost sound like oh, that makes it sound like he doesn't work good matches. Just like. A lot of his execution is just kind of rigid, where like, it mm. just looks like, a, oh, God. like It looks like you can almost understand what that would feel like, and you oh, know yeah. it hurt. Oh, God, yeah. It's like, the difference between that backbreaker and, like, Kane does, like, a sidewalk slam, where he kind of just, like, Oof, yeah. you know, well, he just kind of, like, drops you on your back. Yeah. And it's just like, I'm being plopped. Like, yep. I, do that, I did that to you the other day. Oh, yeah. Except I kind of threw you. I get kind of ragdolled around this apartment. Consensually, but Nick just kind of picks me up and throws me places. <laughs> it's sometimes fun. 
So we both cringed at Benoit's diving headbutt. Or really <sighs> falling headbutt. Because he didn't really dive. He just, he like, just kind of fell. <laughs> oh, yeah. That one hurt me. It hurt him, too. I think the diving headbutt is gone now. I don't. It should be. If it's not already. It's gone into WWE. Daniel Bryan did it until fairly, or relatively recently in the grand mm-hmm. scheme of wrestling. But um, actually, I don't know if he's done it since he had his return. Because mm. what he would do was he would go for the diving headbutt, but they would miss. And when he landed, he would like sell his head like he was. He had like, he had like like a new concussion, and he's like, "Please stop doing this. You're making everyone feel uncomfortable." Yeah, that's fair. Maybe don't do that. I think he did it like twice, and then they were like, "No, we're done. We're done with that." But I can't think of anybody else who does it. I don't watch a ton or if any of AEW, but I can't imagine mm-hmm. anyone's doing it there either. I doubt it. So we had another element of our ongoing DQ saga. DQ. Which is, Brett brought a chair in the ring, and Chris Benoit punched said chair into Brett's face while Brett was holding it. I see why that's not a DQ, but it should have been, because the chair shouldn't have been there. No, hold on. Who are you saying should have been DQ'd here? The chair? I don't fucking know. (laughs) I don't know. That's the problem. Yeah, because Brett brought no it, one's in the right there. Because Brett brought it in, but then Benoit Chris had it hit it. punched it into Brett's head. So Benoit technically used it as a weapon. So really, Benoit should be disqualified. Or you could say that Brett was using it as a shield, and like while Benoit was throwing a punch, and you kind of can't help if somebody puts up an illegal object in the middle of your punch. I don't know. However. I thought it was strange that you have that move, then you have a distraction low blow from Brett, because the yeah. ref is trying to get the chair out of the ring. Yeah. So the ref doesn't see the DQ, but then Brett just grabs the chair and hits Benoit. Yeah. And I'm like, I feel like you could have just skipped to him bringing the, the thing in and then hitting him. Like, it just seemed like a lot of... It was a lot of back and forth, and I really don't understand why. But I'm happy yeah. that these refs are capable of disqualifying someone. Yeah. But, like... That was nice. <laughs> So just cleaner way to do it is you, you do the punch and then Benoit's pissed and he's going to hit Brett mm-hmm. with the chair. And when he goes to wind up, then you have Brett low blow him. And then it's like, a, oh, that's a low blow. So that's a DQ for Brett. Yeah, that would make sense. And then you work him over as opposed to this weird, we got to do this. We got to distract, distract him. And yeah. we're going to, I'm still going to low blow you, but then hit the chair. I don't know. <laughs> low blow you. Um, <laughs> so then Dean Malenko comes out because Brett's working over. Benoit. Yeah, and they're buds. He makes, yeah, they're both part of the Forestman. He makes the save. Brett goes to leave, and then Malenko turns his back, and then Brett comes back and beats up Dean Malenko, which kind of makes Malenko look like a bit of a bit of a boob. I mean, yes. But this is all. This so is all that, kind of fluff. This is not. This is also that DDP can come out. DDP. Cuts a pretty good face promo yeah. of like, oh, I thought you wanted to fight me. Come get your title. You were talking so much shit. And Brett's like, ah, fuck you. It was really cool to see DDP back. Like, he he got a really good pop and everybody was very excited to see him. And it was cool. Yeah. The only confusing bit is that DDP almost seems to then challenge Brett to a match at World War Three, Despite the fact that there's already been the challenge. I don't know. Or he like presents it like, oh, oh I, I had them. I had J.J. Dillon book this match before he was fired. 
is what he mm. says. And I'm like, Brett challenged you to the match. This match was already in the air. So what I feel like WCW does is just, you know how I test spaghetti for when it's done? They just throw it up against the wall. They just throw every noodle against the wall and whatever sticks, that's what they're going with. To me, it seems like there's like two or three writers and they're like, okay, here's what we're going to end up getting to. And they don't communicate at all. No. There is no communication. They just kind of throw every storyline. Thoughts on this match? I think this match is actually maybe worth talking about a little bit. This was a good match. I did like this match a lot. Yeah. I'd say... I... You know, everybody hates bullshit finishes, but it's like... Bullshit finishes... Bullshit finishes on TV, I'm like, okay, I get you're going to set this up eventually. Um... No, this was a good bullshit finish, I think. Oh yeah, it was, and it, and it, and it's it's cause it's furthering Brett's character yeah. of he is an asshole who's like he's not even really just not even trying to win; he's trying to hurt people. Right. I don't know if these guys have a match on pay per view. I'm hoping they do. I know they apparently, in some point in '99, have uh, a match. It's like a Owen Hart dedicated match. Oh, okay. It's like Brett's like first match back since oh since Owen died. Okay, that's not for a while. I mean, yeah, I he, didn't. We he, talked about this before. I didn't realize how late in the timeline yeah, I think he Owen dies. dies. In May of nine. It's ninety nine. I think it's yeah. May or June of ninety nine. But Brett also takes a fa- good amount of time off. After uh, of that. course. Yeah. So that's the next time I know we see these guys. But I'm hoping we see them again before then. So how much time is left in the show? You think about about three minutes. Less. Let's do the main event. <laughs> there was less than three minutes left. Because they come back from commercial and Bam Bam Bigelow was already halfway down the ramp. Which is also a thing I've noticed in general with WCW. Is they seem to only cut to guys once they're like already like they're not on the stage. They're already like, like down the stage. Mm-hmm. Which I'm like, you have the stage. I don't know. But he's already there. No music. And just like, alright, we're gonna have a fight. So then... Goldberg comes out with like I think it's like I think it's like two minutes like ten seconds left. I I, t- I looked at it. It was a hundred and twenty seconds, and they cut to Goldberg backstage, and he's gonna do his full Goldberg yeah. walk from backstage to the ring. They're gonna do all of it, and they have a hundred and twenty seconds left to get the match in. Yeah, which obviously not gonna happen. After the main pyro goes off, uh, Bam Bam rushes Goldberg, and they kind of just brawl until security tries to bring it up and they're out of time yeah but it yeah. doesn't even matter because and even the commentators were like oh we're gonna have to go into overtime for this that's not how tv works though bud i think they said they were already there because there is a thing called the overrun which um i think they've actually gotten rid of now where the show goes eight to eleven or eight to eleven oh five and they would actually go like deliberately go over time to get you know the rating for the next show yeah kind of in and it's usually the most exciting bit of it so it, yeah it's meant to inflate the rating so i thought they were saying they were already in the overrun and it's like uh were... we're we're you know we've already overstretched because the overrun can only go so long as well yeah i thought they're saying they've already run out of time on the overrun i don't know but whoever their producer is their timekeeper i don't fucking know they need to be fired yeah um, That's it. so there's a pay-per-view on Sunday. They they didn't even mention it in this episode, did they? Barely. Barely. I mean, the, the, at one point, I don't remember when it was, there was a, um, there's a Hall and Nash 
like promo video on their feud, which is meant to be hyping World War Three. Like I, I asked you last time, I asked you again, who do you think is going to win World War Three? I have no idea. Yeah. I don't even have any, like, ideas. Whoever it is is going to face Goldberg at Starcade, And I would say the champion, but considering Goldberg hasn't wrestled a match yeah. since Halloween Havoc, I'm like, okay, well. Guess. Who knows? But yeah, so that yeah. should be a fun fun one to watch, World War Three. That'll of, be next. Bit of a flat ending for the episode. It is, but... but... A, flat ending for the episode of Nitro as well. Yeah. Not, not, not much of anything on Thunder. So apparently there was a Tuesday episode of Nitro one of these days. Uh, I think it was in between these episodes. I don't think it was after this one. And Oh, Goldberg wrestled on that because they said he'll be in action. I can't find it anywhere. I can't find. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's not on the network. And that's how yeah, we're doing we, these. We did look at these. And it was like a one hour episode. So. But he wrestled on that? And he, that's what they, they said he was going to be in action. I don't Then again, they said Ric Flair was going to wrestle on TV and. I mean, he technically did. So, yeah, that's it for uh, this time. So, what's our plan for the World War Three episode? So, we're going to do it 90% of the same format as the Halloween Havoc episode. Like, there will be MVP, match of the night, all that. We only have to do one of them. This is the last World War Three match. Oh, really? Ever, yeah. This oh, week. I didn't know that. Okay. Uh, they did the pay-per-view four times, and this is the last one. You looking forward to any of the pay-per-view? I mean, I say that I'm not looking forward to the World War Three match itself because it's going to be a clusterfuck, but I like the clusterfucking matches, so it might be fun. So I'm giving it the benefit of the doubt that it might be a fun watch. Yeah. So we have that. We'll have uh, Bret Hart versus DDP. That could be good. Something involving Scott Steiner or Rick Steiner. I don't care about that. I wish I did. I just don't. What else do they? What else do they advertise? Wolfpack versus Black and White? I guess, yeah. I think I saw Conan's going to be in a match. Remember uh, two weeks ago when Booker T was feuding with Scott Hall? Remember when Booker T was on television? So, it's going to be a little bit of a mystery to us, too. But, thank you for listening to the Butts in the Seas podcast. Uh, You can follow us on Twitter, at Butts in the Pod. I think Emily's going to be taking that over soon, so we have a little more... uh, Effort a more and lively. <laughs> yeah. I'm, not a, I'm not a Twitter guy. You're the marketing expert. Exactly. I work in marketing. I can do this. Any final thoughts? Follow us on Spotify. Find our episodes there. Share it with your friends. Yeah, we're pretty much still only doing Spotify. Bigger people have it. Yeah. I'm looking into a couple other ones, but uh, thank you again for listening, and we'll see you at World War Three.